And um, last week, I just want to applaud Pastor Vicki for doing such a great, great job, okay? This week, we're going to go just a few years younger, and we're going to change genders. We're going to go with Nolan this morning, but last week, we were leaving the Ozarks, heading back to St. Louis, and I was listening with you online, live. I was on what, in my earbuds, in traffic, getting angry. Then Pastor Vicky would say something. I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, the reason why we were traveling from the Ozarks back to St. Louis, because it was a very big week for our family, okay? So what I want to do is I just real quick, without much embarrassment, I just want to, I don't know if a lot of you know that I have an older son, <laughs> and his name is Grant. So Grant, why don't you just stand real quick, let everybody see Grant, okay? <laughs> Remains there. Then a week ago last Saturday, Grant made a big, big call in his life, and he asked, um, a special young lady to be his wife. So his soon-to-be wife. So Sophie, if you'll stand right now real quick. This is Grant's fiance, Sophie. So thank you for standing, and all you married people can offer your advice to them. Unsolicited, okay? Thank you too so much. We're proud of you. And how many people have wisdom they could share to a newlywed couple? If you only knew. It only gets better, right? It only gets better. But with no further ado, let's just um, welcome Nolan to share God's word with you this morning. Thanks for being here. Well, good morning. It's good to be up here with you guys. It is, like my dad said, a special Sunday to have Grant and Sophie here, but also there's a couple other people who I love dearly that are here today. So it's just a special Sunday for me, but I think we just got to get right into it. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 10, the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. And we're gonna, just going to start with one, one verse today, one verse today. And as we talk, as we get ready, uh, yesterday morning with all the Bechtold boys, we had a little uh, bench press contest. And I feel like you guys would be proud of your pastor. He outlifted the two youngest boys. So Pastor Mike, my dad, is the strong, the strong man in the family, which is humbling to know that a man almost in his 60s can outbench me. So, But anyways, that's beside the point. So... <laughs> We're, we're going to be reading in John chapter 10, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we get to gather here together as your people. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll speak through me today, that it won't be my words, because Lord, my words are human and don't transcend to the heart, Father God, but Holy Spirit, speak through me. I pray that everyone that's listening here in person and online, that they will receive your word and that will fall on good soil today, Father God. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. So it's embarrassing to say, but a couple weeks ago, I watched this documentary on the secret life of cats. 
I know that's embarrassing to say, but hey, when you're bored, you're going to find anything and everything to watch. I was like, okay, I'm bored. Let's watch about the secret life of cats. So in this study, they're talking about, yeah, cats are, they're these stupid animals. They don't, they don't really listen to the voice like how a dog listens. When you call a dog, the dog responds. So they're like, okay, let's see if cats can understand their voice. So they listened. They did a test where they had an owner and then a random person that the cat didn't know at all, which is kind of weird to say. But anyways, so the owner would call for the cat. Nine times out of ten, the cat would respond and come to the human. So they're like, okay, these cats are really smart. But then it cut to a vet, and they're like, cats, they're, they're the, one of the smartest animals. The thing is, is cats see themselves as their own little god. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to eat when they're going to eat. They're going to obey when they want to obey. And what was funny, listening to that, I'm like, man, that's, that's true. I feel like I see that in cats. But it's also like, I kind of feel like this is what we're taught in our lives too. Hey, you just do what you want to do. Hey, you just obey yourself. Live your truth. How about follow your heart? Do what makes you happy. This is what we're taught. In philosophy, this term is called autonomy, and the Greek words are auto, which means self, and nomos, which means custom or law. So we're taught that, hey, you can have your own self-law. If you want to do what makes you happy, hey, you have the right to do it. But can I tell you, that's probably some of the worst advice that you could ever receive or ever give someone. Here at Journey Church, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and that he speaks through his word. And this is what the prophet Jeremiah says, is that he says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So when we tell people to follow their own heart, we essentially say, hey, follow your own deceitfulness. Follow your own wickedness. And so, as followers of Jesus, what do we obey? What do we listen to? I believe we obey the word of God and we follow Jesus. But how do we get this standard of, hey, this is what we obey and this is what we don't? Where do we get this right and wrong? A guy named Christopher Watkin, not the actor, but a philosopher, says, Christianity allows us to calibrate our knowledge of good and evil against something that is reasonable, but that we do not fully know, namely God. So we don't obey our flesh, we don't obey our heart, but we obey God. We follow Jesus. We do what he says that we are called to do. And so today, we're going to be talking about obedience. Obedience. Jesus says this in John 14. He says to Thomas, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we don't follow some truth because, hey, everybody's truth is different. My truth is different than Chad's truth. My truth is different than my brother's truth. So we don't follow our truths. We follow the truth, and the truth is the person of Jesus. Jesus is who we follow. Jesus is who we obey. It's not the truth that, what happens with, if I say, hey, my truth is I'm going to go rob my brother and steal his shoes. He'd be like, I don't like that truth. (laughs) That truth isn't fun to me. So we don't just follow a random truth. We follow the truth. We follow Jesus. And so the Baker Bible Encyclopedia 
defines obedience this way. It defines obedience as the act or instance of submitting to the restraint or command of, a, of authority, compliance with the demands or requests of someone or something over us. So that's what we do. We submit our lives to Jesus. Last two weeks ago, before Pastor Vicky, my dad preached how we're called to be mature believers, how we're supposed to grow in our maturity in Christ. And look at what Peter says here and how we grow in maturity. So prepare your minds for actions and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old way of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't follow your own heart. Don't follow your truth. You didn't know any better then, but you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For Scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. So we follow Jesus. This act of obedience is us growing in maturity, growing in our relationship with Jesus. But before we get into it, it's important to note that we aren't justified and we aren't saved by our works or by our obedience. We're justified through our faith in Jesus. That Jesus, he came down 2,000 years ago and he lived a perfect life. That he died on the cross for your sin, my sin, everybody's sin. And that he, re- he rose to life three days later. And that right now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So that's how you're made right with God is by placing your faith in Jesus. But obedience flows from the relationship with Jesus. For example, my dad, he's obviously my dad. He's also my pastor, but he's also my boss. So if my dad, after service, is like, hey, no, I need you to pick up every single communion cup. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Thank you for the suggestion. I think I'm just going to go home. You guys would be like, does he really have a relationship with his dad? Like, he just kind of blew him off. That doesn't show that he has a relationship with his dad. But if I said yes, dad, and helped him out, that would show you guys that there's a relationship that I have with my dad. And that's the same thing with following Jesus, is that when we are followers of Jesus, we have this relationship with Jesus. Like, yes, I'll do what you said because I submit to you. You are my authority. And so... How do we follow God? How do we, what are we obedient to? And the first one is, is that we are obedient to the general will of God. The general will of God. So this is what each and every one of us are called to. If you're a follower of Jesus, these aren't really suggestions. This is what we are called to obey. For example, in Matthew 22, when Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That wasn't just for the disciples back then. That's for us today, too. That's not, hey, that was 2,000 years ago. I think that's a very nice suggestion, Lord, but I think I'm good. No, this is what we're each and every one of us are called to. This is where we, that's why reading the Bible and hiding God's word in our heart is so important, that we might not sin against him, that we will know God's word and that we are obedient to God's word. A couple examples that we're all called to, and this is not just the pastoral staff or people at church, but this is what, if you believe in Jesus, this is what we're all called to. The first one is that we're all called to share the gospel and make disciples. This, it might look different from sharing the gospel than what we're doing here right now on a stage, but what happens if you see the people that you work with, 
your kids? What about making disciples of your children, your friends, your family? This is what we're all called to. This isn't just a suggestion, but this is an act of obedience that we can submit to. Another thing is we're called to serve, and more specifically, the poor orphans and widows. That's why we had a serve day four weeks, three, four weeks ago, is because this is what we're called to. We're called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to the people around us. We're not called to be like, hey, good luck, buddy. Have a good one. I'll be praying for you. No, Jesus has called us to be the hands and feet to serve other people. Another one is we're all, as a follower of Jesus, we're called to the tithe, the first and best 10% of our income. In Malachi, Jesus, or God says, test me in the tithe. This is the only time in Scripture God says, test me. Test me in the tithe. And it's sometimes not the easiest thing to talk about is finances and being obedient to the finances. But in my own life, I know when I was in Miami as a broke college student, there'd be days I get a very small check. I'm like, Lord, this 20 bucks I need for two meals. But the Lord's like, no, submit this to me. And what's interesting is that there is a blessing that was tied to that obedience. Sometimes it doesn't always look like dollar for dollar. But the Lord, I always had food on my table. I don't know how. (laughs) I always had enough money for rent. I don't know how. But God would always provide. So there's a blessing to obedience. And that was just one example with the tithe. But then also, we're all called to be part of a community. That's why we love journey groups, so that we can be in community together. Uh, One of my good friends, Brian, he always says, you can't be a Lone Ranger Christian. Lone Ranger Christianity and community, that's like an oxymoron. Being a Lone Ranger Christian just doesn't make sense. We're all called to be in community together. We're all called to be in the family of God. That's what's fun about having someone new come into the family. It's like the Bechtolds, we're tight, but then there's someone new And yes, we all get along, but it's like, okay, I'm learning about Sophie now. I'm learning, okay, this is how she grew up. This is how she interacts. And that's what we're called to as the church, is that we are all called to be a family, that we're all welcoming people that call on the name of Jesus together. We might not always agree on everything, but we are a family, so we do love each other. And then the last is that we are faithfully, we're called to all faithfully come to church. We're called living stones. As a staff, we went to a conference in Minneapolis, and there's a guy named Nathan Finocchio. He brought a message, and he was talking about, if you were to go outside, imagine this with me, you go outside and you see a brick just laying in the street, you'd be like, oh, man, little buddy, what are you, what are you doing out there, man? You've got to be by your other brick friends. But this is what we're called to as Christians, is that we're called, we're called living bricks, that we'd be stacked upon each other, building God's kingdom. We're not called to be like, oh man, hey, just enjoy it out there in the middle of nowhere. Just enjoy your own Christianity. No, we're called to be family. We're called to be living stones together. And so that's the general will, what we're all called to do as Christians and followers of Jesus. But then also for each and every one of us, there's the specific will of God, the specific will of God. So this includes our callings and our convictions. We all have our own callings. For example, Paula, she's a consultant and a worship leader. If I tried to do that, nobody would have a network and your guys' ears would be bleeding after worship. (laughs) So that's what she's called to. 
my brother's called to HR. If I was to be in Amazon, that place would probably be up in flames right now because that's not my calling. But that's the same true. I have my own calling, and they're not called to run that lane. They're not called to do what I'm called to do, but each and every one of us have our own calling in our lives. But then also, we each have our own convictions, our own convictions. Uh, in the month of May, I was a long-term substitute teacher at the high school, and I, one of my first classes of the day was essentially 30 freshmen, which <laughs> it got rowdy in that room very quick. But one day they were just talking about a game on their phone. They're like, Mr. Beck told Nolan, you should download this game. So I was like, all right, I'll try to connect with these students. I'll download this game. So I downloaded, started playing it. It's Clash of Clans. It's a silly game to have downloaded. Anyways, but I just felt like the spirit say, hey, Nolan, delete that game. Don't be playing that. And I'm like, there's nothing inappropriate on it. It's just kind of building stuff. But I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, that's not what you're called. Put it down. It's distracting you. So we all have these convictions, and they all look different from each other. And that's just a silly example. But that's where a prayerful life comes in, being like, hey, I feel like this is maybe a conviction. I'm not sure. But we all have these different convictions, whether it's certain food that you eat, certain drinks that you drink, certain ways that you spend money or don't spend it, whatever it is, we are all have our own convictions, our own convictions. And the important thing is here is that we aren't called to uniformity, is that we are called to unity. We're not all called to look the same. We are, we are called to unity. We're not all called to be like, all right, as a Christian, you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and if you don't fit those, you're out. No, it's like, hey, we all believe that Jesus is Lord. We're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's follow Jesus. It's going to look different. I think of Chad. He's a dad of three. Obviously, I'm a single guy. So there's going to be some different things that take place in his family dynamic just because of the situation of life. You, you understand what I'm saying? We need to follow. This is where a prayerful life, seeing where Jesus is leading us, where Jesus is guiding us. And the truth is, is that God will never tell us to do anything that is against his word. He'll never tell us to do anything against his word. So if I looked at Mr. Johnson and said, Jeff, I really feel like God's calling me to rob the bank. That would be like, hey, scripture clearly says do not steal. So I'd be like, okay, I didn't hear that right. So scripture will never tell us, or God will never tell us anything that's against scripture. So if you hear something, you're like, man, I really feel like the Lord's calling me to just bring this family a meal, but I just don't know. What does Scripture say? Scripture says, love your neighbors. Okay, I believe that's what God's calling me to do. So God will always speak and it will always align with Scripture. And if it doesn't align with Scripture, I'm pretty convinced that's not his voice. Does that make sense this morning? So we're called, that's why it's important that we know God's word and hide it in our heart so that we can hear his voice and see what his word says. And so those are ways how we obey. We have the general will. We have the specific will. But why obedience? Why obedience? I believe the first thing is that obedience is the evidence of our faith. 1 John 2, 3 through 6 says this, And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. 
If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar not living in the truth. Gee, thanks, John. I was hoping for a nice Sunday morning at church. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So that example, if I said, hey, Dad, I don't really want to pick up every communion cup, you'd be like, you really have a respectful relationship with your dad? Our obedience shows is the evidence of our faith that we're trusting in Jesus. James 1, 22 through 23 says this, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror and forgetting. So if you guys, if we were to go home after church today and be like, hey, that was a great word. I just don't think it's for me. James is like, hey, that's, that's foolish. We're called to be obedient. We're called to put into practice what the word of God says. Our obedience is our witness to other people. I think of a guy named William Wilberforce back in the 1700s, yeah, 1700s, early 1800s, and he was in Parliament. He was the guy that ended the slave trade. And what I love about him is that he just didn't sit there and be like, all right, I'm a follower of Jesus. You guys can just kind of do whatever you want. I don't really care, but no. Because of his faith, he was obedient. He's like, no, slavery is a sin against God. So you know what he did? He took steps of obedience to say, hey, we need to end and abolish slavery. Our obedience is the evidence of our faith. We show the world and we show others that we're followers of Jesus because of our obedience to him. And so with that also said, there's a blessing to obedience. So the second one is that there's a blessing to obedience. And throughout, all throughout the Bible, you see men and women of faith that are obedient to Christ. Look at Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, Jeremiah, Elijah, Elisha, Rahab. And then you look in the New Testament, Peter, Paul, James, even Jesus himself. And what's special about everybody, except for Jesus, Jesus is perfect. But all these guys, these guys weren't perfect. Moses he literally murdered a guy and like dodged out of town. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. I made a mistake. Then Abraham, he's going out to the people he's, where God's called them, And he's like, all right, hey, pretend you're not my wife, Sarah. And let's try to deceive these people. Just act like you're my sister, which is kind of a weird thing if you think about it. But he's like, hey, let's just act like you're just my sister. So these guys had things that aren't always the cleanest things or the most respectful things, but God still used them because there's a blessing to obedience. We see this all throughout Scripture, how God uses people that are imperfect, that aren't 100% clean other than Jesus, that they are obedient to Christ, and there's a blessing that follows them. And I think of Paul Paul was obedient to Christ, but it doesn't mean he always had the easiest life. If you read Paul's story, he's on his way on a missions trip, and he gets shipwrecked. And then as he gets shipwrecked, he gets bit by a snake. And then as he gets to the place, he gets thrown into jail. Yet he was obedient to Christ. So obedience to Christ, it leads to a blessing, but it doesn't always mean that it's our best life right here, right now. (laughs) 
tell that to Paul, he'd be like, I don't agree with you as I'm sitting in prison right now. So there's a blessing to obedience. I think this is important to know that the blessing is that we know Jesus more, that we have a closer relationship with the Lord, that we're drawing near to him. But the same is true. If there's a blessing to obedience, there's also a curse to disobedience. Read the book of First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. You'll see these guys that are disobedient to the Lord, and you'd see the curse that would fall on the land of Israel and Judah. So there's an important aspect that there is a curse, but more than that, there's a blessing to us saying yes to Jesus. Yes to being faithful to the tithe. Yes to serving the poor. Yes to loving our neighbor as ourselves. There is a blessing connected to obedience. And the last thing is this, is that you'll never know the impact of your obedience. And I want to finish off with this story, is that you'll never know the impact of your obedience. There's a guy named Edward Kimball. He was a Sunday school teacher way back in the day, and he had a group of middle school and high school boys I bet that guy just had a stressful life for a little bit. Those guys were rowdy, probably had some B.O., probably needed a little bit of D, uh, Old Spice at his youth ministry. But he would be their Sunday school teacher, and he would pray continually for these students. But these students just didn't seem to get it. And so there was one day, he went to one of the students' work, and he shared the gospel with him. He's like, hey, I just feel called to share the gospel, pray for you. And the guy that ended up giving his life to Christ is a guy named Dwight or DL Dwight L Moody and if you know anything about Moody Dwight Moody is that he actually has a Bible college outside the Chicagoland area and so this guy was obedient to witness to his student and Dwight L Moody he would become an evangelist someone who would share the gospel to millions and one guy that heard his message was a guy named Wilbur Chapman Wilbur Chapman I grant I think that should be your guys' first boy's name Wilbur Bechtold, Wilbur Chapman. But Chapman, I just believe that's a word for the Lord, from the Lord. <laughs> Wilbur. I want a nephew named Wilbur. If I don't get that, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'll hear about this at lunch today. No. I'm just kidding. So Wilbur, he became an evangelist. And he would go on to preach to thousands. And there's a guy at one of his crusades named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was a professional baseball player. And as soon as he heard the gospel, he retired. He's like, I'm going to lead crusades. And he would go on to preach at crusades as well. And then at one of his crusades was a guy named Mordecai Ham. Another great name. Mordecai Bechtel as well. So Mordecai, Mordecai would go, he was a very scholarly man, very dignified, and he had a crusade in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, and a guy named Billy Frank actually showed up to his crusade, and Billy Frank would actually give his life to Christ at that crusade, and Billy Frank is known today as Billy Graham, and Billy Graham would witness to the most people in person than even the Apostle Paul, the person to witness to the most people in person throughout all of history. And it all stemmed from Edward Kimball's obedience to share the gospel with one person. And more than that, there's a young couple in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania by the name of Ron and Linda. And one day, 
this couple, they were watching a television set. They had six young kids. They're, they're a very young family. And they gave their life to Christ through a Billy Graham crusade. And their fourth child, his name's Michael. And Michael got saved in third grade. They were faithful to bringing him to church. In third grade, he gave his life to Christ. Fifth grade would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And after high school, he would go on to serve in the Air Force. And after the Air Force, he heard about this Bible college in uh, Minneapolis called North Central Bible College. So he was obedient to God's voice and went up to North Central. And there he met a young couple named Chip and Melissa Johnson. And Chip and Melissa, uh, they, they became friends with Michael. And Melissa had a sister named Heather. And they're like, hey, I really think this couple is going to work off. So they set up a blind date. It was love at first sight for Michael. <laughs> he just had to pursue Heather a little bit. But they ended up getting married and followed the Lord's voice down to Georgia, Thomasville, Georgia, where they would have their first boy, Grant, and they felt called back to Minneapolis, where they would end up having Nolan, I don't know how to say it, the one who's speaking to you right now, or their favorite. (laughs) Just kidding. Their favorite youngest, but through that, they heard about this church in River Falls, Wisconsin that needed a pastor, so they interviewed and interviewed. They were obedient to God's voice. And right here and right now, we're living in the experience of obedience of my dad. And everybody throughout, even in this moment, as we preach, there is an obedience because of what my dad did, all because of Edward Kimball saying, hey, you need to know Jesus. And he didn't know the impact that he would have on eternity. He probably is seeing it in eternity now being like, wow, Lord, I see why you have called me to share the gospel with Dwight L. Moody. And all throughout history, there has been an impact through obedience. So I want to ask you today, where is the Lord calling you to go? What is that one thing in your heart that you just know that the Lord is calling you to be obedient to Yet you're just like, hey, I don't know if I, I don't know if this is the voice of the Lord. I don't know if I should quit this job and go to a different one. I don't know if I should pick up my family and go. I don't know what the, I feel like this is what the Lord's telling me. But I want to encourage you to know that wherever God takes you, if you're obedient to his voice, there will be a blessing. There will be an impact that follows. It might not always look like it in the moment. But throughout time and throughout history, you'll see how, one, it's like the butterfly effect. If you do one thing, if you're obedient to God's voice in this way, he's going to lead and continue to impact people through that one step of obedience. I think of my brother again. After he graduated from DePaul in Chicago, he felt called to go to St. Louis. And in St. Louis, there's a guy named David Hughes that Grant just like, hey, I feel called to reach out to him and connect with him. So he got connected. And through that, he got plugged into his church where he met Sophie. It's like all these impacts through obedience, just saying yes to the Lord. We're not called to know the future, but we are called to say yes to Jesus right here, right now. And for sometimes it might just be, all right, Lord, I see the next step. And all we have to do is say yes to that step. We don't need to see the next 15 years. We might just have the 15 minutes ahead of us that we need to say yes to. But you never know who your obedience will impact. 
So that's my challenge for you guys today as a body of Christ, that we grow in maturity, that we say yes to Jesus in whatever he calls us to do. It might be scary, it might be hard, it might be uncomfortable, but know this is that Jesus, one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we believe that Jesus is walking with us here today, that his spirit is in us, and that we aren't just walking alone and following blindly. No, he's leading us and guiding us, that Jesus is speaking to us. We hear within and we obey without. So that's my challenge, is that we would walk in obedience. Maybe you're going to college and you're like, hey, I'm, I know I'm called to live different in school. I know it might not always be the best way to make friends, but I'm called to live different. Maybe it's at the high school, you're like, you know what? I have an impact for Jesus in my high school. I'm going to follow Jesus in that way. I'm going to live different. It might not always be easy, but it's totally worth it. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you have called us to your name, that you are faithful to lead us and to guide us in all that we say and all that we do. Lord, I pray for everyone right here that might just be like, Nolan, I, Lord, I have something in my heart that I feel called to obey. I just don't feel like I have the faith or the courage. Lord, I just pray for those people right now that you would fill them with your courage, that you would fill them with boldness and trust in you, Lord Jesus, whatever that is, Father God. Thank you that you walk with us specifically and uniquely that you have a relationship with each and every one of us. So Father God, we just pray a blessing over this week that you will be in tune to your voice, that we are here within and that we'll obey without, Father God. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Amen. Nolan, thank you so much for that um, word that's um, relevant for all of us, all of us. My challenge is you, um, when we leave church this week and you have your quiet time throughout the week and you're reading scripture, that you take that moment of silence just to say, Lord, is there something you want me to obey today, today, today? And Lord, help me today to be obedient. Amen? Let's not go out of here and be forgetful hearers. Let's go out of here and be effective doers of the word of God. Amen? Hey, just one last announcement I forgot to announce earlier that um, there will be some changes happening here at Journey Church. We mentioned the two services coming October 15th. There's one other um, big change that's taking place, and that is we are breaking up from three years old through seniors in high school. That all used to happen on Wednesday nights, and that happened for years that way, and we're going to change it up a little. Wednesday nights now will be the youngest age, three, all the way through fifth grade. And on Wednesday night, they're going to have full use of the building here at Journey Church. They'll have more space to go around and do different things. And that will be on Wednesday nights, three years old, I think it is, or five. I can barely see fingers that have four. four. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? In the middle. Four to, through fifth grade will be here on Wednesday nights, just like it's been for years. And um, then we're going to be moving our youth ministry from sixth grade through seniors we're going to be moving that to Sunday nights. We're not sure what time yet. And um, Nolan will be leading the, um, that ministry. So, um, yeah, we're excited about that. And um, we're pumped about the changes. We're hoping to reach more people. 
So we would just want to speak into the parents of our youth from sixth through seniors in high school that will be focusing on that group on Sunday nights. It's going to be awesome. And we're super thankful it's going to be awesome on, I think both groups are going to benefit greatly, both groups. So it's exciting things that are happening. Well, we stand together as we prepare to walk out into our mission field. We get prepared to be used by God. We prepare to exercise what we have heard today. Let's just quiet our hearts. The Holy Spirit speaking to you today. Listen to the promptings of the Spirit of God. So Lord, we give this time to you. We give this week to you. Pray your blessing upon it. Give us ears to hear. Give us courage and strength to obey. And Lord, now we close together praying this prayer together that you taught your disciples. Everyone together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. If you need prayer this morning at the end of the service, Pastor Vicki and her husband Sid are up to your right. They would pray for any need that you have this morning. And one last instruction, Nolan, if you would, at the end of the service, pick up all the communion cups. And there will be a thorough inspection Monday morning. It's funny, usually if Sid or if um, Finley Campbell's here, he takes it upon himself to pick up all those cups. And every once in a while, I'll snap a shot and say, hey, in row two, three chairs over, I saw this today, and we love it together. But Finley's not here today, Nolan. So you can thank him later. Let's get busy. Amen. Let's get busy living for God. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.